thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Thank you for coming. And stay around because we're going to have a good time with the Word. And we've been studying and teaching on the subject of faith because there's so much connected to it. Everything we receive from God, our faith is involved. We can't conduct any kind of business with heaven without faith. So every single facet of our life is affected by our faith. Amen. So we can't treat it like an afterthought. It is, it's right up front and center. Amen. And uh, faith comes by hearing. So it matters that we hear the right thing about what God says and about this wonderful subject of faith because it's not just a subject, it's the, it's the lifestyle of the believer. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Faith is not just something we visit on Sunday at church time. Uh-huh. It's our lifestyle. The just shall live yes. by faith. Yes. And uh, notice this, only the just can live by faith. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. And not only that, we have to realize that it was God who authored that we live by faith. Why is that? Because he knew that would give us the best life. That's the way he operates. And so he wanted to bring us into his flow. And that's the faith flow. Amen. So we're learning it. I said we're learning it. We've been teaching on it now for a couple of weeks. We invite you, go back and watch previous episodes in this series if you haven't seen them all. And I guarantee you, if you've seen them all, you're going to have to hear them more than once. Full faith never comes with one hearing. You must learn as a serious student of the Word, you have to hear something over and over and over. Because if you hear it once, Dad Hagen would teach us this. If you hear something once, that is a seed planted. But a seed never produces a harvest just because it was planted. It has to be watered. So every hearing after that is watering the revelation or the truth that was planted in your heart. So that's why you have to hear more than once. I mean, there have been times when I was believing God for something and he would direct me toward a certain sermon. Uh, And I I remember there are certain sermons with Dad Hagen, scores of, I mean, 50, 60, 70 times, I'd hear it over and over again before I went to the next one. Why? Because that one held something for me. Jesus is the author of our faith but it says he's the finisher. Just because something is authored in you doesn't mean it's finished in you. So when something is authored, 
that's something is sown, mm -hmm. something is planted in you. But he wants that which was authored to be finished. He wants it to produce in our life. He wants it to bear fruit in our lives. So he takes us not just from the authoring, but onto the finishing. And that is a process to where we hear that same word over and over and over. So a serious student of the word, someone who's hungry for the word, they, they're not just looking to get to the end of the message. They're looking to get the message in them. And you can't get it in you, all of it with one hearing because every hearing you hear another side or another facet. Of, of the word that's being brought to you. And so that's why we say go back and watch these things over and over and over, especially if something uh, stands up in your spirit. Yeah. If something, and I'm not talking about something spectacular happening. I'm talking about something on the inside of you mm -hmm. grab yeah. something. Yep. You you need to not just grab it, you need to tighten your hold on it. Yes. And um, that comes by hearing it over yes. and over again. Yes. Amen. Uh, Jude tells us earnestly contend for the faith. Yes. So we have to be interested enough to keep going in this faith life to grow in skill and to grow in our understanding of how faith operates. Amen. Amen. We were looking at Abraham because uh, Abraham is called the father of the faith. And uh, God's, God holds him up as an example of what faith does, of how faith operates. I don't know if we're going to get to all the passages that I want to read today. I tried in, in the previous episode and I didn't even get one passage read that I was intending for. That happens a lot with me. So stick around and you, you, you got you to gotta just keep coming back, you know. Um, but let's read in Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, God is saying this about Abraham. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him, whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now that's what faith does. That's it calls those things which be not as though they were. The things that haven't manifested in this realm, it calls it to this realm yes. because it already has been completed in God's realm. Yes. So that's what faith does. Our job is to make sure that what isn't here gets here. Amen. And our part in that is calling it. God's part in that is manifesting it. But we're the ones to call it so he will know what we have faith for him to manifest. Amen. So faith calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So you can't have faith unless you know what's spoken to you. Faith can only attach to what God says. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. So we know this weak faith takes counsel from what it shouldn't take counsel yeah. from. Uh -huh. Weak faith will take counsel from circumstances. Yeah. Weak faith will take counsel from emotions. Yes. Weak faith will take counsel from what it sees. Yes. Weak faith will take counsel from its own body. Uh -huh. But it says Abraham's faith wasn't weak. He didn't consider yes. his own body. Yes. Now dead 
when he was about 100 years old. He didn't consider his age. No. Yeah. Wow. He didn't say, I'm too old to accomplish what God said. Meaning this, God will never dismiss us from what he says to us based on calendar. So don't you. Don't you. Amen. So it says, um, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. Neither yet did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he didn't look to what's happening in the life of somebody else to decide what he could have. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was strong in faith. How, how do we know? What does strong faith do? It tells us he was giving glory to God. If you can give glory to God, that's, that's, that's the action of strong faith. That's what strong faith does. It gives glory to God. And so that strengthens your faith. It doesn't give you faith, but it strengthens your faith. It strength, he, he was strong in faith. This is how he got strong in faith. He kept saying, glory to God, glory to God. What's he given him glory for? The next phrase tells us. And, full, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able also to perform. Yeah. So God doesn't promise something without the ability to perform it. Amen. And that's what he was giving glory to God for, that he's the performer of what he promised. You're not the performer. All God needs you to do is cooperate and believe and obey what he directs you to do because he will tell you to do things because in your doing, his performance will meet what he tells you to do. Amen. But we were, we were saying on the previous episode, this wonderful description that we just read in this passage about Abraham's faith, Abraham ended up there. He didn't start there. That gives us hope (laughs) because we look at that and we go, oh, I'm not all that or I'm not consistent maybe in all of these descriptive things about Abraham's faith that neither was Abraham when he started. So we're going to look at where did Abraham start because that's going to let me know I'm not, don't let the devil dismiss me because I know my past. My past is cleansed and forgiven and (laughs) it's as though it was never in existence because the blood of Jesus cleanses that. That's what the blood of Jesus does for us. It makes it as though we never missed it. So when we realize that, we don't let our past disqualify us from having a faith like Abraham. Amen. 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 We can have that. And I want, us, I want us to see the progression that Abraham's faith took. Praise God. So go with me to Genesis chapter 12. And I, 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 want, to, I want to do this, uh, take the course of teaching that we're going to take because I want you to see that Abraham had to contend right. for the faith. Uh-huh. We're told in Jude, earnestly contend for the faith. That means start learning. Start using your faith and don't quit just because you're not as skillful as you want to be uh-huh. or as you need to be. Uh-huh. Abraham, you know, anyone who's a spiritual giant didn't start out as a spiritual giant. That's right. They just kept at it. Yes. And this is why I want us to see the progression of Abraham's faith because it will show us he just kept at it yes. until 
he reached the skill that Romans chapter 4 describes about his faith. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. And we're going to take some time to read some, some passages, so follow along with us. Genesis 12 verse 1 reads, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. So what is God doing? He's giving Abraham something to obey. God has a plan for Abraham, but he cannot work it apart from Abraham's obedience to the plan. My husband used to make this statement. He would say, obedience creates an atmosphere for miracles. God was going to work miracles for Abraham but he had to have Abraham's obedience yes. for that to happen. So whatever God tells you to do, obey it. Yes. Your miracle is connected to your obedience. Yes. Amen. Amen. No, you don't perform the miracle, but you obey the command of God and he will perform the miracle. So verse two, and God says, Abraham, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. So the end result of why he's blessed is so he can be a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the purpose of blessing is not for total consumption. Yes. That's that is just consumed upon our lives. We are blessed and our lives become an example of that blessing so that out of the blessing upon us, we bless others. Amen. It's like this. When you, I've used this illustration before, but it depicts it the best, is that when someone has a water hose in their garden, it's not just so the water hose can be wet. Right. That's good. The water hose is there to give access so that the water could reach where it couldn't have reached without the hose. See, there's a faucet, a spigot, uh, you know, maybe attached to the outside of the house. But there are things over here. There's plants on the other side of the yard, flowers, fruit trees that need watering. But there's a distance between the watering and the need. So you go by a water hose. What do you do with that? You hook it up to where the flow is. And you become a channel to carry that flow to a, a place that was removed from where the flow is. And you make a connection. That's what our faith is. It's a channel. But that's what our life is to be, a channel. And this is what God's telling Abram. He's saying, I'm going to bless you. But it's not just so you can act like a hose and hold all the water inside the hose. Have you ever seen a, a hose that is kinked? Yeah. Yeah. And what happens, water can't get through it. And uh, what do you always do? You go, that's not working right. 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 If, if there's not something coming out of the hose right. and you know something is going into the hose, uh, but nothing's coming out, that hose isn't working right and you go find the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You see about it. Yes. God's already blessed you. There's already blessing flowing, but if things aren't coming out, go find the problem. Yes. Yes. Don't just leave it kinked. Yeah. Don't leave your faith line kinked right. by offense, unforgiveness, yeah. bitterness, right. resentment, worry, mm-hmm. 
fear, all of those things that put kinks in it. Because God intends that you be a blessed, that you're blessed so that you can reach and water the lives of others who had no access to that flow of blessing until you brought an example and a watering through the blessing upon you. And they say, hey, I want that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. This is what God said to Abraham. He's not just blessing him so that he can get it all. But you notice about the water hose, the water hose is never intended to hold it all. But you can go, let's say on Monday you use the water hose. You turn off the water after using it. You go days later, pick up the water hose, and you haven't even turned it on. You pick it up, and your foot will get wet. Yep. Yeah. Why? Because although it was not all intended for the hose, the hose stays wet. Yeah. <laughs> the hose always stays supplied. Yeah. The hose always has everything it needs. Yes. Yes. Amen. God blesses you because he wants you to be a blessing, but I guarantee you he wants you to have some of that too. Yes. Yes. So it's not wrong. To say, don't, it, it, it's, it's, it's a misunderstanding to think it's for somebody else and not for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. The hose never says, oh, this water's, this water's for those plants. It's not for me. Don't get me wet. Because uh-huh. that's not for me. No, the hose has to stay wet. Yes. If it doesn't get wet, it becomes brittle and it becomes unusable. Yeah. And so we see this, that God says, I'm going to bless you so that you can bless others, but be a blessing to others, but God will let you stay wet all the time, full of provision. Amen. So in verse three, again, he says, and I will bless them that bless thee. In other words, it would, it would benefit people to get on your side. (laughs) When you're moving with God, they don't want, if they're against you, they're against the blessing. So God says in verse three, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Look at that. So when he's talking about all families are going to be affected by you and he says, I will make of thee a great nation. He's telling him, you're not going to remain childless, Abram. Isn't he saying that? You're not going to remain childless. And everything else that he has said in this verse is hinging on him not being childless. So verse four, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. So what did he do? He went away from the country he was raised in, from the kinfolk he was raised around. Mm -hmm. And so he went away uh, and it says, and Lot went with him. Now Lot was his nephew and he was responsible over the life of Lot. And so Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. So he's 75 years old when God first speaks this to him. And then go down to verse 7, Genesis 12, verse 7. And it says, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham. Now in verse 1, it says God spoke to Abram. In verse 7, it says he appeared unto him. So isn't that pretty spectacular? Isn't that pretty dramatic? Isn't it? Yes. The Lord appeared unto Abram 
and said, unto thy seed will I give this land. So now he's specifically saying, you're going to have a seed. He alluded to it, of course, in the previous verses, but now he's saying, you're going to have a seed. Unto this seed will I give this land. And there builded Abram an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So God's will and God's promise is given to Abram. See, Abram can't believe until he has he has the promise. You have to know what God has promised is yours or what God is saying he's already made yours. What is an accomplished fact? You have to know that because you can't have faith for something you don't know. Amen. Now let's just go over another chapter to Genesis chapter 13 and verse 14. And it reads, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot had separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee, I will give it and to thy seed forever. Verse 16, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So now he's talking specifically again, he's going to have a seed, right? He's going to have an offspring. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. So God declares the promise again. And he gives a little bit more detail this time. Now go with me to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. So now he has a vision, a second vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said to God, What wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? Uh Uh-oh. Come on. Uh Uh-oh. We got an inconsistency here. Abram's learning how to move with God, how to... Have faith in what God says. God says, I'm I'm going to give you, I'm going to make of you a great nation. He says, I'm going to give you a seed. I'm going to give you the land. It's going to be so much that it's like the the sand, as numerical as the sand. And then what is Abram saying? Seeing I go childless. Uh He's calling himself childless and God's already told him, I I give you seed. Uh What's he, what, it, what should he be saying? God gave, God's given me seed. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a child. He's calling himself childless. Is this faith? No. He's not calling the right thing. Yeah. Remember what we read in Romans 4, verse 17? It started call, that, Ab, that Abram about his faith. He called those things which be not as though they were. He's not doing that yet. He's not doing that yet. He's calling himself childless. And he said in verse two again, and Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? So he's saying this to God. He's not just saying it to others. He's not, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get it yet how to have a faith that uh, cooperates with God. He's saying, seeing I go childless. And so he's thinking, okay, I don't have a child, but I got a plan. And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, in this vision, he's talking to the Lord. And he said, behold, to me thou hast given no seed. Oh, we got another, we got another statement that's against what God already said to him. 
I go childless, and you have given me no seed. He's not calling those things that be not as though they were yet. Not yet. Not yet. So because he can't figure out how this is going to happen, he creates a plan. How many times have we calculated and go, hmm, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I got a plan. What if I do this or I do that? That's what Abram did. What's he learning? He's, he's got to go through the same process of learning how to contend for the faith because he's not, he's not in that flow yet. So verse 3, Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And he said this to the Lord face to face in a vision. <laughs> yeah. And lo, one born in mine house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. In other words, I don't need your plan. <laughs> Abram, this is not the plan. Your servant is not going to have a child that I'm going to pass your future to. It's not going to come through a servant, and it's not going to come through your plan. <laughs> Amen. This shall not be thine heir. No, just because you figured out how someone could be your heir through a surrogate, so to speak, uh, that's not it. Uh, but he should, and I love how specific and plain spoken the Lord becomes with him. <laughs> he shall come forth out of thine own bowels, shall be thine heir. In other words, from the fruit of your body, yeah. not from the fruit of somebody else's body. In other words, dump your plan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And God, and the Lord brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou shalt be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Look at this. So he says, He's got to get him off of Abram's fixed on his plan. He's looking at the servant's offspring and saying, Maybe God will count him my heir. And do it through him. And God's got to get his focus off of his plan. So he takes him out and says, look at the stars. He gives him another place to look. That's good. That's good. Go look at the sky. If you, the number of the stars up there, if you can count them all, that's how many? He's got to, how many times we get focused on our plan oh, and we boy. get our focus off of what he said. Yes. If we take our attention off of what he said, our faith won't work right. He can't bring it to pass the way he wants. Listen, you don't have to stay around with us. We didn't get all of this in, and I can't keep going into the next verses. So you're going to have to watch the next episodes because I haven't gotten it all out yet. You haven't seen. We haven't got Abraham over to Romans chapter 4 yet. We still got him back in Genesis. So we're going to have to see where he ended up. And I say it to say this. As you earnestly contend for the faith, you can arrive at a faith. Yes that gets results every single time. And don't turn in against your faith, against your history of maybe not having received what God says is yours. We can arrive. Amen. So you don't want to miss it next time, but it'll be, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Amen. And uh, so make sure you join us. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org.
In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual camp meeting here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, June 12th through the 16th. Speakers include Nancy Dufresne, Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, and Bill Winston. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.